well, that was weird. Uh, this might be a bit of a slightly weird sound. It's live seconds. Is it working? Is it working? That was a bit weird. YouTube crashed out there for a second. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. For the audio-only people, I'm so sorry that you end up starting every episode with me going, oh, can you hear me? Uh, but uh, such is life, and the way that this podcast is uh, is, cre- is created and curated, it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't exist any other way. Ah, I think that's working now. Um, anyway, uh, good. It's saying 34 seconds in. Everyone's saying no sound. I can see sounds coming through. Should be working. Everyone's moaning about the lack of sound. Ten. Oh, it's 11. It's jumped back to 11 seconds in. Stream's being weird. Yeah, good. I, I, I got a yay, which means people can hear me. Good, marvellous. Okay, right. We're at episode 167. Why do crossing noses crack? Actually, it's, it's not just the noses. It's, it's it, This should have been more appropriately named Why do crossings crack? But, um, there. Uh, and we're going to explain what on earth a crossing nose is. Sorry, I don't know why this stream started so weirdly, but hopefully that won't break it for the, for the, the post-record. In any case... We have to, uh, oh, actually, oh, you know what? Let's leave the mouse in here for now. Um, of course, episode 167, we have to shout out to the um, uh, old-fashioned tops, first-generation tops, um, DMU, the, uh, the, the the class 167. Here it is, looking weird. It's a weird little guy here. Uh, it's a class 108 in modern tops. Oh, I've managed to cut or ulcerate the top of my tongue which is not great when i have to talk it's my my horrible messy sharp teeth anyway have beer yes everyone agreed have beer anyway um yes good episode 167 here is a tops pre-tops or old tops classified class 167 uh water shambles of a vehicle uh no we're here of course yeah look it's it's, it's look it's me as a gif uh we're here to talk about colton junction of course so without further ado I mean, amongst other things. It's not just Colton Junction, but yes, Colton Junction has been vandalised by a train. Uh, how rude of the train. Um, let us... Uh, just some weird stuff blowing across the desk. How strange. Right, let's get on with it. Everyone, welcome to tonight's Rail Matter. fades away Tim Ballum's asked me to do the like poll on live streams to up interactions what is that? I don't know what that is um, we must uh, oh first of all, quick content warning uh, there will be descriptions images from rail crashes uh, in here, either inadvertently in one of the documents we're going to look through or the fact that I've put some big ones on the um, on the on, on, on the screen um, yes uh, the, the, so, so, so take care, but first that, with that warning to one side we must start with the news uh, actually, it's a very brief bit of news because we're doing a proper news episode next week. Uh, spoiler alert! But um, yes, the LNER. Weirdly, LNER deleted this tweet after. I, why did they? De- anyone at LNER? Why, why did you delete this tweet? Well, what happened? Um, yeah, a strange one. Anyway, um, yeah, the, 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 there's a there's a crack, a crossing cracked, and this created discourse because obviously. Uh, uh, someone who I have no problem calling a Nazi because he literally appeared at the Nazi conference. 
Uh, Darren Grimes did did some tweeting about it and generally got angry. And, and also some other people got upset. Well, actually, just a couple of people got upset that I was calling out the fact that the manufacturers use um, a certain type of design in their construction of their crossings because this is a, a monoblock cast crossing that we're looking at here that's being cracked. And underneath it, you can see the sleeper is disintegrated. Um, and uh, anyway, so this, this is interesting. I thought, oh, you know what? It's topical. And it gives me a chance to talk about P-Way a bit. So... Um, why not do an episode? So yeah, my baby gets done wrong because this is Colton Junction, and I was thinking, oh, I hope it's one of the crossover, the approach crossovers. Please let it not be my lovely equal splits, as we'll soon see. Uh, I'm afraid it's 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 one of the beautiful parts of the crossing. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, this little shit weasel decided to to step in. Here's Darren Grimes. Uh, wasted an entire day traveling because of some tiny crack on the track that Network Rail are looking at overnight. I mean, honestly, this country used to rule the world. Now we fall apart over a sodding chip on a rail track. Just, I mean, there are, there's there's a lot to unpick there, and and I intend not to dwell on it. But um, uh, Darren Grimes, just just as an FYI, uh, when rails crack, as indeed this one, uh, you can see this rail here, which bits of are now in the National Rail Museum. This is the rail from Hatfield. This is 35 meters of rail that shattered into 200 uh, to 300 pieces, uh, and uh, yes, derailed the train and killed quite a lot of people. So uh, we take cracks very seriously on the railway so hmm yes uh not uh don't just shut up darren just shut up you little pipsqueak anyway um on that cheery note we need to look at this crack again let's get my little face up in the corner hello it's it's me up in the corner uh, it's this big face uh, look i'm looking haggard uh, uh for various reasons including lack of sleep so here it is here is a, a crossing as you can see in fact let's get let's get the old pen up shall we uh yeah pen go yeah, you can see there is a, there's a crack. There's a crack here, and it goes it goes up here, and it kind of goes through here, and it's gone through here, through one of the one of the checks, and then through here, and then through the flangeway, and then back down into here, and 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 then out at the bottom of this scallop bit. And you can see also that the the bearer underneath here, this bearer has totally disintegrated as well. Uh, there is one pandrel housing. There's the other pandrel housing. And the bearer itself is just disintegrated to bits, which makes this a real pain to deal with because you have to reinstall what will be a long bearer. So that's a really annoying faffy job. Um, yeah, not good, not good. And you can see a chunk has you can see a chunk has chipped out here, and another chunk has chipped out here. It's just not in a very healthy state. <laughs> bad things have happened here, and and we should try and understand. We should attempt to understand what bad things have happened here. Um, yeah, what bad things? Well, we're going to unpick them. So, first of all, where was the break? Well, it was in the, the cast monoblock crossing of a part of Colton Junction. But uh, thanks to David Horne, we know which part of Colton Junction... Well, thanks to David Horne, uh, uh, MD of LNER, and, and some some fo other photographs that got that got sent around, that kind of got passed around on Twitter, uh, we can we can tell you exactly where it is. So, 229 Bravo... Uh, sorry, 2295 Bravo points. Um, as David points out, uh, it's where the down main crosses the up Normanton. Uh, is the red box in the picture. So, if we zoom in... Two, two, so th th this is one of those weird situations where thanks to the switch diamonds, again, we'll explain what this is, we have a situation where we have a, a Charlie points under the same number. So we have alpha points, bravo points, and Charlie points of 2295, as we might call this bit, we might call this 2295s, or 2295 alpha bravo Charlie. Anyway, bravo is this bit. And you think, well, what's what's this bit then? Okay, there's, there's, a, there's a set of points here, but this isn't a crossover, even though it's marked as that in the five mile diagram here. Actually, this is something rather different, which we'll uh, look at in a little more detail. Um, 
this picture was very useful thanks to whoever tweeted this out um to me uh but you can see that this is a good picture for a variety of reasons firstly i can identify where in, in in quite a busy layout there's quite a few tracks here i can identify where it is so firstly we can see that there is a big mast there there's an access road that's a little bit below the railway um which tells me which direction this photo is facing so this photo is facing uh it is facing east yes <laughs> Uh, and that allows me to know which orientation we're looking at as well, because there's just one track here, plain line, single track, uh, rather than multiple tracks that there would be if it was facing the other way. I know this area rather well, as you know, because this is one of my sites of pilgrimage. You can see a bit of bearer here. You can see the bearer is completely split right the way through from the hammer effect of this failure. Um, this is a mess. There's, there's bits of... It's just not gone well. It has not gone well at all. Um, so this helps me to identify where the where the failure is and we can um, have a little look because here's me in a 225 racing towards that precise location there's colton junction in the distance here we go uh i will have a look at your your your, your track in a minute so here we go and uh there it is the failed crossing um you can see it there that's the bit that's failed so the failure has happened here Smashing up one of these bearers here. There's the smash. So you have to replace a bear that goes from here uh, all the way through to here, which is um, annoying because getting it in underneath here is very difficult. <laughs> um, that's the sort of situation where you're probably going to take out a few sleepers from here, prop this, and then slide the long bear in underneath. Might be one way to do it. Um, you might uh, shuffle a load of these. To be honest, I don't think you would. You, one of the other ways you might have done it in the olden days is shuffle a bunch of these bearers up, shuffle them all up here, and then actually rotate this this one round and 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 then so it's this way and then and then pick it up. But uh, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they probably will um, possibly just lift lift a few sleepers out here, dig out the ballast, pull the bear out, put it back in, put the sleepers in, um, fresh ballast, tamp it up. Um, not good. Right. While, we, while, we, while we're looking at this, uh, I'm going to answer a few of your questions. So, uh, right. I can put a poll in live chat. Uh, oh, right. Yes. Oh, yeah, I know I can put a poll in live chat. Uh, oh, I know what I can do, though. Wait a minute. I can do this. Add a poll. It's funny it says add, add a Q&A. It's like, a, right, I'm doing this. Um, who here has been to Colton Junction? We are. Uh... Add a, uh, no, I don't want to add an option. Uh, maybe. There we are. Ask the community. There we go. I'm doing a poll. Fine. I'm doing a poll. Lovely. Uh, that's really good for the audio-only people. They're really uh, buying into that content. Uh, Ailey uh, hates how the DFT wants to get rid of the Wi-Fi stories broken by uh, Walmart. Yes, that's annoying. Uh, it's, it's rare that he um, gets a W these days, to be honest. But uh, no, have no interest in, um, in, in Walmart because uh, he has outed himself as really rather unpleasant. Um, anyway, right, let's go down here. Fine. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Yes, do take crack seriously. Yeah, last week's episode is a, a, a good example. Well, exactly, we did an episode last week, didn't we, about why cracks are important. We looked at joint failing and, and the problems. Materials crack, uh, they age, they get used heavily. Um, correct, Raphael, yes. Um, uh, Gareth, I'm sure you're going to answer this as we progress, but uh, am I right in assuming one break led to another? Yes, correct, Michael C. Do you think there will be a form of investigation? Yeah, they probably will, and you'll see why, because Network Rail generally investigates these things to understand why the failure occurred. Uh, these, this costs a lot of money, not just in, in fixing it, but in delay minutes for, for services. So, um, yeah, we're going to go through all that sort of thing. Right, so 
Um, can such a crack be detected in advance? Uh, yes, by ultrasonic testing for the most part, but uh, sometimes these things can happen pretty pretty, pretty quickly, and, and, and ultrasonics don't necessarily work wonderfully in crossing areas, so, so that, that, it can be missed. This can be missed. Um, it shouldn't be, but it can be. Anyway, let us... Um, Let's crack on, shall we? There we go. We're making our way out of out of, out of Colton Junction. Lovely job. Uh, it's a it's a nice nice bit of railway. You can hear me chatting away to the driver there. Um, uh, I'd highly recommend getting a cab ride if ever you can organise one. If particularly if you work in the industry, get one sorted. Anyway, um, and here of course is the legendary picture, which is currently my desktop background, usually right in front of me here. Uh, and the location of the crack uh, is here. Because you can see where those vehicles were parked. The, part, the vehicles are parked there. There's a bit of plane line that you could see in the back of the image there. So the image was looking that way. Uh, and that helps me to identify exactly where it is. And it is in the crossing on the approach to the switch diamond. Uh, between the, where you can see this is, the, this is the up Normanton. And this is the down fast here. Here we are. Um, and they cross here um, in, a, in, in, in perfect symmetry. Oh, there's some... What sounds like child anarchy going on outside marvelous um and here is a picture of it having just been installed uh a slightly different layout admittedly uh, the geometry is basically the same slightly modified uh, and this is where that, that this is where that was a slightly different view uh, you can see it without oe which is a bit weird uh but uh, yeah there you go and you can also see that the bit in the middle that's been kind of half excavated when they built this new new formation for the selby diversion and you can also see where the old tracks were which is kind of weird can you see it in the old yeah the old tracks have kind of it's disappeared part for two reasons. One, because the OLE's got in there, which which kind of hides the fact that the track bed used the four-track track bed used to be there. And two, this has been raised up with ballast so frequently to 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 get the track geometry to to, to decent quality that, that it's raised way up above where the previous um, uh, track level was. Anyway, I digress. So, uh, and what's more exciting is, of course, we've got these pictures from the of, of them actually building the thing. Again, it's this crossing here. Here it is. It's this crossing. You can see this is the switch diamond here. Uh, I'll explain all these terms momentarily, don't worry. Uh, and, and this is what's failed, uh, this, this bit here. In fact, you, you can see the diff slightly different color from the, from the, the monoblock crossing, from the original layout here. It would have been a monoblock um, crossing even back then, even back then in, in the uh, late 70s. Anyway, right. Oh yeah, we can do better than that because we can bring the bloody we can bring the drawing up from when this thing was built uh, because we're nerds. Uh, we can do that sort of thing. Uh, so here is a P-way drawing for those of you who have not looked at one before. Uh, it is mild chaos. Let's zoom in up here and we can have a look at the numbers. We know it was two two nine five Bravo here. There we are. So it's the schematic view of it. Footbridge thirty five, the legendary Footbridge thirty five. Um, where's my OBS gone? Um, and I go this way. Uh, this is just this is what P-way drawings look like. So this is it. This is us going along. Um, there's Footbridge 35 here, um, and here's the toes of the turnouts. Two NR60H. Uh, this is an H switch. Um, there we go. And there it splits, and you can see the track splitting. And then we hit. Here is a crossing. Here it is. It's a one in twenty-one crossing here. It's a one in twenty-one crossing. So it's not too steep. That will become relevant um, shortly, but it is not too not too kind of shallow an angle. One in twenty one is not bad. Um, and then it hits the switch diamond here, and there's the switch diamond, which is a weird angle. One in seventeen point six one five. It's a one in value, which means every meter you walk, sorry, to get a meter between the tracks, 
uh, you the, the difference in position between the tracks you require to walk 17.615 meters in either direction. Anyway, and then the two, then those rails split apart, and then you've got the two separate formations here, and it's all fine and marvelous and good. And, and you can see the slight change in geometry from the original. So they did slightly change the geometry of the of the new layout compared to the old layout, which is the one underneath, which had been basically replaced in bits over the years. Um, anyway, fantastic bit of um, yeah. Originally, it was laid in. You know, pan six timber and all sorts. Anyway, fantastic bit of engineering, resilient engineering uh, that we've replicated because it works so so well. Anyway, uh, there's the drawing. Fine. Let us continue. So you can see where the problem was. Oh, and by the way, if you want to go back, uh, that this is the wrong order. I should put that. Back. If you want to learn more about Colton Junction and and, and Selby diversion, obviously go back to episode A four and and there's an episode all about the history of the Selby diversion in there. Let's answer the question: What is a crossing first, though? Let's do it. Um, like Spike for the Nerdy Diagram asks Adam Evans. Yeah, indeed. Um, most, nobody is, oh, oh, a minority of you have visited Colton Junction. Uh, 12% of you have possibly visited Colton Junction. Oh, very nice. Um, at some point we'll do a real natter pilgrimage to, to Footbridge 35, right? What is a crossing? Um, well, okay, I'm about to filch some, some slides from an old Railways Explained thread, so apologies for that, because uh, it's using, it's using, uh, cabin sketch not uh appleberry so big branding uh boo-boo going on here but there are too many slides for me to go through and change the text of uh easy access anyway if you want to look at this old thread look up railways explained there's a good thread from where i kind of was at scarborough bridge back in when was this march 2020 the hashtag content uh, anyway so uh yeah i pick up seven interesting things that are in in close proximity that are they're interesting to look at we're going to just look at one and four we're going to start with four uh being uh these switches and crossings uh, I've talked about SNC a lot. Plenty of you on here will know what SNC is, but others don't know what SNC is. Uh, and so let's explain what SNC is. Here is some of that. <laughs> you can see here, uh, here is some SNC. And um, very simply, SNC is where tracks need to converge and diverge. Uh, so if you have, here you are, you've got a, a one track here, you've got another one connecting through. Uh, you can see that your sleepers all kind of smoosh in together with each other. So actually what we do is, well, we swap the sleepers with some what we call bearers, that kind of through bearers that connect right the way through. Uh, you might, although these days less and less, you might have some extended bearers um, just to, to kind of put some equipment on. Uh, so then obviously you need to create some space for that. This is where the crossing comes in because you need to have a, a solid piece of metal, but also it, it needs to have a free flangeway route so the wheels can actually pass through in either direction. So you need a flangeway. So um, that's, you also then, because you've then got gaps, you need to put some check rails in. Um, you put some points operating equipment in to actually move the switch. Um, and then you end up with the switch end and the crossing end. That's that, the crossing, uh, in this case, a common crossing, because it's kind of equal either side, common crossing. Um, and that's how you get the switch and crossing unit. There you are, switch and crossing unit. Marvellous. Uh, I hope that's nice and clear. Uh, there you go. And uh, you have what's called the through route, uh, which can be traversed in either direction. And you've got the uh, and when it when it switches over like that, uh, you've got the turnout route, which can be in theory traversed in either direction as well. So there you go. That's a switch and crossing. Um, and we did kind of name switches and crossings um, by their uh, by their by the switch length, which gives a speed, and the crossing angle, which also gives a speed. So the combination of switch length, uh, which we designate with a letter and crossing angle, which we designate with a number, gives us the speed that you can traverse the turnout route of the of the SNC. So here's a, a little stubby B9 and a quarter. Uh, you have a longer H28, which gives you 90 miles an hour. Um, and to get 125 miles an hour for a standard unit, 
then you have you, you require a J switch, a J44.5, unless you do the snazzy uh, Colton Junction thing and do the equal split trick where you bend it over uh, to create that perfect mirror symmetry, 6,000 meter radius, 125 mile an hour curve. Beautiful. So, um, that's a switch and crossing. And here's what a standard, this is a CV, either a CV nine and a quarter, actually with extended bears as well. Look, that's got some extended bears. Marvellous. Um, here's a CV nine and a quarter that's at the back of the, the High Speed Rail College at Doncaster. Uh, standard bit of S&C. And you can see we've got the switch at this end. Here's the switch, lovely. And over here at the top end here, you've got the crossing. And here it is. Here is the crossing itself. So this specific part here is the nose. In fact... Very specifically, this there's a line here that we call the nose, um, and that that position is uh, a certain distance back from the theoretic. If if you've got a running edge here, so th the, the the position at which the, the the rail runs when it's going on the through route, and a, a running edge here where the rail runs on the turnout route, uh, you can see they don't quite meet here. In fact, they 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 have a a, a crossing point that's actually a, a bit further back. So you've got the 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 theoretical nose is here, whereas the actual nose is there. And there's a kind of a set distance between these two. You kind of generally depend, depends on the geometry of the switch. Anyway, this is a uh, this this gives you, and this is a part fabricated crossing. So it's um, these bits here are bolted on rather than being part of the metalwork. But this thing is um, is kind of one big solid metal lump. And actually, this one has been explosive hardened because you can see it's got a different. It's actually a different crystal structure. The steel is a different structure, a slightly different alloy as well, high manganese content probably, um, to the kind of the plain line. Well, not the plain line, but the convention, the normal rails here. So the normal rails here, the gut rails there, the SNC, and you can see there's actually a bimetallic weld here with a different weld material to allow the two to be connected, to be welded together. Um, so there you go. Um, so. Uh, that's that is a crossing, and here, yeah, there we go. You can see, and in fact, they've drawn. There's like a marked line where the where the crossing nose is to help the surveyors. That soon gets wiped off. Um, there you go, fine, lovely. There's a crossing nose. Uh, that's that's what the crossing looks like. And as you can imagine, as trains hit that, trains have to go either way, kind of either go, they're going that way or they're going that way. Um, this thing gets gets a bit of a pounding. Uh, in theory, it should never be struck, but but it does get struck and it takes a bit of a pounding hence why it's explosive hardened uh, where they literally put tnt on it and blow it up to harden and change the crystal structure so uh some more queries and questions coming in let's let's go big face momentarily while i uh let's uh let's see so uh let's see da -da 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 -da. But, but, but rail matter branded version of that pick as a wallpaper that's not a bad idea it can be a patreon thing I'll, I'll provide that as a download in the patreon if you're a subscriber go to the discord chat um how is it detected? I presume it's detected because a train went over it and it went bang uh, in reference to that original craft uh, failure. Raphael Nicolas, uh, when was this built again? How often do you replace parts in general? When, if at all, was it last replaced after construction? Uh, when was this built again? It was built in uh, 80... That layout was probably laid out in 1982. Uh, next question, how often do you replace parts in general? Uh, it depends how often they wear out. It might be once a year, it might be once every five years, it could be once every 15 years. It depends on the annual tonnage speeds. Um, if something's gone wrong, you know, if it's been walloped by something, a, a, a dodgy wagon or something. Um, yeah, when, if at all, was it last replaced after construction? So I think that that, unit, that layout was replaced in like 2014 or something like that. I, possibly it's had some steelwork replaced since then as well. But uh, some of it, a, a big replacement like that where the whole thing got renewed, I think that happened quite recently, relatively speaking. The fact that it was still on timbers means that it had only small part steel replacement, I think possibly since installation. Uh, certainly since the 90s. Uh, right, let's go. Um, 
Uh, Mike Waldridge, I always used to think the S&C abbreviation was signaling and comms. Uh, no, that's S&T, signaling and telecoms, S&T. Uh, but that's also an outdated thing now because we've split uh, signaling and telecoms out really as disciplines because they're quite different. They do different things. Uh, it's it's switches and crossings. S&C is switches and crossings, uh, Mike. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, duh, duh, duh. Why are those bearers before the points on the wrong side for load bearing? Why are those bearers before the points on the wrong side for load bearing? Rat King, I'm not quite sure of your question uh, there. Uh, anyway, right, so... Let me see. I don't have it on top chat. I've got it on live chat, but I only generally see the ones you add my name in. And what about passenger comfort going through switches? Speed? Well, that speed through those switches is based on uh, an understanding of passenger comfort. Um, is the radius of the switch higher than the equivalent radius of a curve? Nope. We essentially design them. We design the turnout route essentially as if it is. There, there are some allowances we make in terms of the rates of change at the at the at the, at the toes of the cross of the of the switch. Uh, toes of the switch being. Oh. These are the toes here. This is the toes. So we make some allowance for rates of change at the toes uh, instantaneously, but um, no, no, we design the curvature just as if it's uh, as if it's just a curve. You know, so when we're designing the through route, we will we'll do our, des our design calcs as if the train is just running through it as a as a as a piece of plane line, as if it wasn't a, a, a switch. Um, right. Anyway, so I digress. This the other thing that we need to talk about and define is. Um, talk about diamond crossings and talk about um other kind of crossings in isolation where there isn't a switch um or perhaps flip the flip side so that's a a crossing as part of a switch and crossing of a, a, a switch and crossing we often call them switches um but let's talk about when two tracks just cross each other without there being a switch um well firstly uh, obviously there's a load of sleepers smooshing into each other so we replace those with bearers there we go um and then um we have some common crossings uh, common crossings and some obtuse crossings so uh, there we go Common crossings, obtuse crossings, that's the two types of crossings generally. Those can be fixed lumps. Um, there we go. Uh, a good example of some is uh, here at Newark Flat Crossing. There you are. There's some nice, uh, lovely set of, um, of uh, obtuse crossings. These are not switch diamonds, though. Uh, if you have two tracks crossing each other at a very shallow angle, like here, well, firstly, we swap out the bearers, and then you actually you basically have two switches facing each other. So you have there's some point motors, fine, and uh, so you have a train going that way, and then if you flip those the other way, obviously it's a very this is a very sketch really. Um, you can then go through the other way, um, and uh, so you have a switch diamond versus a diamond crossing. These are the two diamond crossing, switch diamond, um, and basically two back to, that's two face to face switches there. Um, but you will have a crossing. There is a crossing here and a crossing here as well. And that's what we have in um, at Colton. And indeed, it's this crossing here that's the one that has failed at Colton Junction. So let us explore why it, why it's failed and how do we stop it happening? Um, indeed, yes. Um, uh, picture had the bearers on the wrong side. Do you mean the, the long bearers on the wrong side? Uh, not necessarily. You can have the bearers on either side. Right? What? 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 Rat King. I, I, uh, we're going back. Let's have a look at. Uh, there we go. Uh, what, 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 what? Bearers. Oh, no, these could be either side. This this could be... It just depends, because this could be six-foot mounted. It could be four-foot mounted. They could extend this way. They could extend this way. It's not wrong. It just depends on site conditions. In this case, they've extended them into the... Well, it's not really a six-foot. It's like a wide way, because they've laid the tracks stupidly. But they've... um. Uh, in this case, they've got... Uh, they've, they've made them six-foot... They've made them uh, six-foot mounted. But actually... 
usually you'd have them going this way. So actually, in this case, it's the it's the real physical S and C layout that's wrong, not the uh, not not my sketch. Uh, anyway, point made. So that's all that. Let us explore why crossings fail. Um. So this 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 thing up here. Why 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 is it broken? Why is it done this? Why is it done this thing where it's cracked and smashed the bear to bits? Um. To understand why. We need to open up a, a standard. It's a pretty good standard, this one. I'm a big fan of this standard. Um, we're going to get the old control L up. And we're going to... Oh, wait a minute. Close your eyes if you're photosensitive. Sorry. This is... Um, Since and Sue's S&C Track Design Good Practice Guide. It's a very, if, you're, if you're a designer, by the way... Hello, everyone. If you're a designer, then uh, you should have this standard. And it is a very good standard. And I think this is the latest version. Um, it might have had a slight update since uh, the version I've got here. Anyway, this is December 16, 2016 version. Um, and it's it's a guidance document. However, there's a lot of very important, useful, and valuable information in here for designing SNC layouts. And it's all about trying to get better performance out of SNC because it's a key failure mode on, on the railway. It's a key point of failure because they're, they're very complicated, um, both in terms of the fact they're interface of signaling, an interface of telecoms, an interface of EMP. And an interface with with track, and also they put they pound the the, the track bed as well. So there's there's a lot going on. So uh, it's the standard kind of goes. Uh, the scope, uh, key principles, fine. It's talking about various bits and pieces that that, that we can avoid. Um, uh, and it's also point. These are the sorts of things that uh, it's good to reference because they help us to break free of the nonsense that we get told to do as designers, particularly those of you working on the SNC alliance. Uh, like for light renewals, even if updated to current rail sections and our SNC format, may not meet current network rail objectives for safety and reliability. Um, also, uh, often you could swap a like for like for an upgrade from a 25 to a 40 mile an hour switch and make an enormous difference to the. Um, to t the timetable, as we've discussed previously about how to make trains go faster. Uh, anyway, so there's this this table one here, which gives loads of useful stuff about um, where the you know good, neutral, bad in terms of where you actually place SNC in relation to things like you know uh, cuttings, structures, topography. Uh, there's some rules about distances from bridges and speeds. You know, ideally put SNC in low speed areas because it reduces the consequences of a derailment. You know, SNC is a high risk area in terms of derailment, so you want to ideally put it in slow areas um you know discussions about the snc layout and kind of leads crossovers traps double junctions scissors tandems uh, and then slip switch diamonds so all the complicated stuff like switch diamonds that you should avoid um and double junctions so colton sacrifices a lot in, in maintainability uh why do i say that well if we jump back to the picture one of the problems here is that from our from if you look from our bit that's failed to our other crossing up here, this section of plain line track here isn't very long, and it's therefore quite difficult for Tamper to maintain that geometry. So there is, so it requires quite careful maintenance to keep this thing running tip top. And in our, particularly in network rail world where maintenance is being squeezed, you know what is it? Uh, defer, decay, delay is my CP seven motto for what network rail has been told to do with its with its money um so you have to look after this thing and, and this is a layout that works very well from a timetabling and, and a planning perspective it's beautiful not least because of the crossovers at this end and, and, and kind of down 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 this end as well um the, the crossovers mean that you can have any sort of parallel see the discussion that we had on on the episode about making trades go faster where we talk about colton junction this is a beautiful layout 
but it is it does require a bit of additional maintenance it requires a little bit of love and care is there another way this could be designed uh, not with the current range of switches that we have access to no um i don't think the j switch is actually out for approval yet within nr60 uh, mark ii uh, might be but i'm not sure it is yet in any case um no it, it'd be very tricky to you'd, you'd have to design this differently um and, and it would involve lo a lot longer switches uh, let's let's put it that way we will we'll talk about that momentarily on that it's a, it's a fair question we'll, we'll talk about that shortly so let's get back to our standard so there's, there's a very various bits and pieces things like geometry and crossover speeds and um yeah all different types of the way that you run the switches and that, that i find lots, lots of good stuff to think about drainage is absolutely key access points key uh, lighting key all these kind of useful things to think about. So a very good standard uh, to, to pick up and, and, and rely on. And then there's other stuff as well, um, things to think about uh, in terms of other things, you know, other, other issues, high-risk switches. These are some of the things that we'll get to shortly. The reason I picked up this standard is actually, there's loads of other bits and pieces here. For, the, for, for us designers, this is stuff that, lots of useful stuff for us that, that we live through, two-leveling, good God. Um, high tonnages, check rails, grinding, uh, and there's some signaling checklist stuff as well to pay attention to. So um, dealing with, uh, uh, yes, so dealing with IRJ is fine. All the things that we can do to make the, the SNC work better from a SNC, you know, from a signaling perspective. Now, site investigation. We're going to go through a few key examples. We're going to whiz through a couple of the examples. So I said there's some crash um, imagery. Here's Glasgow 2007 where a train derailed because of uh, high-risk SNC failure. Um, and yeah, so we're going to go through that. So this is switchblade failures, um, where we're going to kind of whiz through this reasonably quickly uh, because it's not. This is about switches, and we we can kind of move on. But this gives you an idea of some of the analysis that's gone into this standard. So there's a fair amount of thought. Uh, there we go. Uh, lots of messy things going on. Lots of noise. There's a stop photo of someone being unhappy about noise. Marvelous. Uh, fine. Lots of stuff about RCF. Lots of important things to think about. Uh, da 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 da. Gauge widening, fine, uh, more problems. Now, here we go. Now we're starting to get into the stuff that's interesting. So we've now get into some crossing issues. So significant batter of a part fabricated crossing on a freight route. So here we go. So here's some batter going on. on the, I talked about the nose getting hammered. Well, here, here's a situation where it is. Um, and you can see uh, yeah, this solution is uh, swap it out with a, a explosive depth hardened cast monoblock manwars uh, crossing. So that's fine. Uh, here's another one, though. So... This is the bit that gets interesting for us folks, because uh, premature failure of crossings located near Underbridge with uneven track stiffness, North Somerset Junction. So underlying issues. We know that the underlying issues potentially at Colton Junction. Well, number one is the potential of, well, actually at Colton, it's probably not too bad because they've designed the track bed properly because it's a fairly new bit of railway. But um, we know that it's more difficult or requires additional care to maintain the track geometry through there because of those 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 kind of short isolated sections of track uh, between the back of the crossing and the and at the back of the, the crossing and then the the switch diamond so there's a little bit of extra care and maintenance we can see here though um cracks so this is an example of a of the the underlying conditions are that there's stiff differential stiffness off off the end of a bridge um, which is definitely a, a key thing to think about common um uh, it wasn't possible to shift that uh, the obtuse crossing of this uh, double junction so um so uh, there are these cast crossings, and there are developing cracks here. You can see the developing cracks, and the and you can see there's this scalloped foot design here. So if I zoom in on it, you can see there's this sort of scallop shape here. Uh, you can see my mouse, can't you? Yeah, you can see there's this scallop shape here, and, and it's those scallop shapes where these cracks are forming, which is a problem. 
Uh, and if I whiz down to, okay, we're going to skip through two leveling site issues because we don't care about two leveling. That's a frightening, scary thing. So let's skip that. Uh, get rid of two leveling. Fine, fine, fine. Uh, lovely, lovely. It's Canton curvature. Double slips. Uh, oh, actually, we'll, 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 so bear the scallops in mind. Uh, so there was an underlining cause, but the scallops meant that you got these cracks. Uh, issues of complex S&C, there you go. So King's Cross, all these double slips at King's Cross that have now been swapped out with um, lots of nice, convert 14 CVs and, and a, an EV. Uh, so that was a while back now, wasn't it? This age is this standard from back from 2016. Crikey. Um, switch, 053 failures for switches. Fine, fine, fine. Um, yeah, new switches experiencing failure. Accelerated wear of short NR60 switches because the transition geometry wasn't quite right. Um, fine, 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 fine. Right, we're, get, we're getting to the bit that's that's relevant to all of us momentarily. We're, we're getting there, folk. Uh, Shearing. Yeah, see all this. See, I talk about failure modes. There are lots and lots of failure modes. Lots and lots of failure modes to think about. So, right, we're in another section here. So, um, premature failure of sharper angled crossings at higher line speeds and inherent design sufficiencies of uh, NR60 crossings. Right, so there's one one of the design... So you see there's lots of problems they've got with this horrible crossing that goes over loads of tracks, which is already, like, that's not a nice thing to maintain ge ge geometrically. Like, that's it's horrible. But there's this thing here. You can see there's this... There's a, a little um, little picture here. And you can see this cracking forming here. I don't know if you... I can't draw on it, but you can see there's a crack forming here. Again, it's this scalloped edge, this fillet radius here, that's getting this crack forming. Now, hmm, not good. So, okay, there's high dynamic forces at wheel area, transfer area, fine. And that's certainly the case at, at Colton Junction. But the key issue we want to look at here is stress raises at the casting foot flange area. Cast crossings have been designed with scalloped foot flanges for the past 40 years. At the ends of the scallops are fillets. So these are the scallop. That's a scallop. And this is a fillet. Uh, a fillet is where you have a curved you curve the radius between two pointy ends. Because obviously metal, you want it to be nice and smooth. Um, so, let's have a look at this. Cast crossings designed with scalloped foot flanges. End of the scallops are fillets with small radii which can act as stress razors. More about that momentarily especially under repeated loading. In order to cope with um, increasing vehicle speeds and traffic tonnage, the design is in need of updating to avoid or at least significant significantly reduce dynamic stress in such locations. So, uh, yeah, casting foot cracking is a common occurrence and accounted for 103 crossing failures in 2012-13. So it's you know, over 100 failures like this a year. That's a, that's a lot of failures. And you can see there's just some examples here. Oh, there's a crack there at the, at the, at the fillet. Another crack at the fillet. Uh, there we go. There's a crack at the fillet. Crack at the fillet. You can see here the solution, funnily enough, is to uh, get rid of that scalloping. Do not use a scallop uh, design. Use the, a design that may, has a continuous foot flange. Uh, manoir crossings do. So sack off non-manoir crossings. Simple. Uh, so sack those off. Use the manoir crossings, which have this continuous um, foot flange. Um, so far better performance uh, there. It's also a, it's a tougher. It's, it's kind of a tougher beast as well. You, you improve the bending performance of the of the of the crossing that way. And there's other issues as well. Lack of support at the knuckle or at the nose of the obtuse crossing. So. Um, the positioning of bearers under crossings appears to be a significant factor. Yes, we know this uh, in the way. So that's where you position the bearers underneath. So actually having a bearer directly underneath the, the knuckle of this obtuse crossing is a, is a, a way to 
maximize its life um so we, we were talking about a common crossing in our layout but here's no choose crossing where you can see there's, there's a failure and okay so that's another thing to think about and you can see they did some structural analysis about the actual thing and looked at its strength and actually did some finite element modeling to understand a you know better design of the thing so you can see there's a lot that goes into these bits of metal um uh, and you can see there the proposal is actually you put in a you reduce the bearer spacing through the obtuse crossing uh, and it increases performance and that's definitely something else that, that i think is relevant to to our arrangement and then for the rest of this standard oh yeah so the other thing is is again bearer support deficiencies rt60 crossing so again um you see these scallop feet and bearers that are just not quite um just don't have the positioning of the bearers is is not well optimized let's put it that way um and then there's there's newark gets its own whole section and okay fine so there's we'll, we'll there's lots of other issues and, and I'll, I'll whiz through these and you can see various bits of problems occurring here and there and lots of various things and challenges and and some of the facts and failure modes here at the end so you can see the snc population there are twenty thousand switches and twenty four thousand crossings across the network rail uh, uh system it's a decent number isn't it crikey twenty thousand switches twenty four thousand crossings um, and you can see the different ones by routes there. Uh, this obviously these numbers fluctuate a little bit, but by and large they stay pretty pretty much the same. Um, uh, you can see the different uh, uh, crossings at the top and switches at the bottom. So the crossings you've got most of them are common, some of them are obtuse, and the, the occasional compound, which is part of complex S and C. Let's not worry about that. Um, and then the the you know, so there's crossings by type. There we go, fine. Crossing angles here. So this is really nice, juicy data if you're a real crossing nerd. So there's quite a few interesting, funny angles here. Blank. I'm not sure about what blank is. Blankety blank. Um, and also the different types of kit as well. So the different, you know, part fabricated or, or cast monoblock, which is the blue. The blue is the cast monoblock here. Um, and the, yeah, so kind of the fully fabricated. Uh, yeah, anyway, so there's all sorts of different bits of interesting data there. Um, and switch populations. C switch by far the most common, absolutely. And the B weirdly is is the second most common. Uh, those will be in depots and things because we do not like B switches outside of the southern region, who are a bunch of losers because their network is so squished. And then the failure modes. You know, having a look at different failure modes. So here's the schedule eight failures. You see the the amount of money being spent due to failures is increasing. Uh, was increasing over this period. It'd be interesting to put this is 10 years ago now, bloody hell. Uh, you can see points operating equipment failures, but ironwork failures account for a reasonable amount. And again, we're increasing. They're on the rise, uh, although that's not that many data points. Um, and you can there's, there's, there's lots of, you know, there's points operating equipment failure mode. There's lots of different points operating equipment there. Uh, and then the crossing failure modes here. Um, and uh, you can see, yeah, uh, Simpsons added an extra, uh, like just added a little graphic on the end there. Um, talking about the type of failure, vertical transverse cracking of the foot in a casting. Yes, that's our uh, that's our failure we're talking about, and it's 114, and it's 13th on the list, but it's a big performance impact. Yeah, fine. Lots of juicy data in here that you can have a look at. Uh, there, are lots of switch defects as well, um, and so and there's just a few more examples, I think. And again, it's uh, yeah, casting check for this. So again, stress stress razors, stress razor cracks. Uh, yeah, radius of the cat, yeah, crack here. Yeah, see, and then there's just lots more examples. So examples, 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 lots of examples, and then the standard briefing note. Fine. So there you go. That's all that. Good stuff. Uh, it's a very useful standard. That one, I recommend everyone gets a, a copy of it who has uh, used to it. Agreed that tamping those type bearers would be painful, Alex. Yes, um, but it's that offset, isn't it? It's like the balance of of, of maintaining the of, of tamping it to line and level, whilst uh, but also the balance of the fact that it's a high impact. Uh, 
component that requires the, that additional track support. So there's definitely a balance to be struck there, and it has to be a, a back and forth discussion between the maintainer and the and the installer and and, and then the manufacturer as well. But two standards. We're going to jump to another standard here, which is well, it's not a standard. Sorry, it's an inquiry. Um, uh, it's an inquiry here. Now, who's inquiry? What is this? Ah, yes, that's right. It's the inquiry into the. Uh, it's the Cohen inquiry, isn't it? It's the Cohen. Cohen Inquiry, yes, so just get, get me the name, the name of the, the inquiry right. Yes, the Cohen Inquiry. And um, why are we looking at this? Uh, why, why, why are we looking at this? Well, because, uh, yes, it's famous for uh, probably putting a, a comet into a water tank and, and doing repeated loading. Um, yes, a lot of Europe, and here it is, this, this, yeah, so they, they also reconstructed um, uh, Golf Alpha Lima Yankee Papa. Um, which disintegrated? Is that the Italian one that disintegrated uh, over the over the Med? I think it might be. Um, in any case, Messi. The Medi episode on this is very good. Anyway, um, bad. This is a comet. You know, was going to potentially be the absolute pioneer jet aircraft, and and because it smashed to bits, uh, Britain was knocked out of that race, and essentially that was the end of our aviation industry. Uh, just just demi immediate demise at that point, really. Um, kicked off by that point, and um, yes. It was not so. People often go, "Oh, but it wasn't the square windows. It wasn't the square windows." Um, because this is a fatigue failure, by the way. The skin of the of the of the aircraft was just fractionally too thin to be able to sustain the repeated load cycles. Uh, because they did, there was not a proper understanding of the way that uh, repeat load cycles stressed metal, and the Cohen inquiry expanded that understanding greatly, and 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 has had several different impacts on the way that we understand how fatigue works on the railway. One of those things that we understood was, however, and you can see it here, that independent of the underlying issue being the skin, um, well, a couple of things. Number one, the skin was too thin. Number two, um, this was supposed to be, the, the, the windows were designed to be square to allow the riveting and the gluing to happen easily. The, the, not the windows on the side of the vehicle, by the way. These are aerial windows on the top. Um, uh, although this one is a, is a side window here. That was, that's the one that failed and the one they put in the water tank. Anyway, you can see that the the failure point is happening at the at the filleted radius of the window now the reason for that is because it it raises the stress the stresses are raised at that uh fillet. and indeed you can see here this is this is where the crack occurs there's a filleted radius crack forms from there um and so the cone inquiry gave us a lot more of an understanding of the impact of stress raising it's not necessarily that it causes the failure but if there is an underlying problem like too thin a skin or inadequate support conditions under the crossing nose, then the failure mode will you have introduced a a failure you have introduced a point of failure by in, by introducing these stress raisers. If you it means that the stresses aren't being distributed equally through the cross section. If you get rid of these um, fillets, if you get rid of that scalloping and have it like the Manoir crossing, that nice consistent crossing, you don't create the stress, you don't get the spike in stress, you distribute the stresses better, which means that the crossing can cope under those, it can cope with the underlying condition, at least for longer, if not forever. And yeah, as, as we point out in the standard, there are lots of pictures of, uh, and indeed these are all, I think all these from Twitter, oh look, these two, why are these two identical pictures? These pictures are identical, which is quite funny. Uh, let's not worry about that. <laughs> Uh, but the, these these three are all from Twitter. Uh, they are Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Um, all failures from Twitter, um, and all of them are the same. You can see here. Look, 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 look. Filleted failure, fillet failure, fillet failure. Stress concentration results in the failure. It triggers the failure. 
And exactly the same here at Colton Junction. Fillet failure went pop. Not good. Also, you'll notice that the bare spacings here and here are... I mean, you're right, Alex. Better for the tamping. But this is... Uh, it just doesn't seem that they're, they're hugely well-placed. There's one just under the nose. Okay. But, but has this been opt has the bearer spacing been optimized for this? Have they done appropriate FEM to actually do, or is it just is it for convenience how they've spaced the bearings? Um, so this is uh, this is kind of a, a a key point. So get rid of the get rid of those get and manoir crossings like these. Um, it will perform better, and they should do that. At Colton, they should replace them all with manoir um, manoir crossings. Make it happen. Now there is one other solution here. Uh, it's not slab track. If you've talked about slab track, no slab track wouldn't necessarily. I mean, you get a load distribution potentially, but you know, not necessarily the solution there. Um, now, what is the beast mode solution? So you remember the crossing that I picked up and showed you at, uh, uh, took the photos of and showed you at, um, uh, at Doncaster. There it is. There's a nice crossing, and you can see there's the crossing nose uh, close up. It's a fixed solid lump. It's a solid lump of metal, monoblock, um, and there it is. The alternative solution is a swing nose crossing. Now, this is where you essentially turn the crossing nose into a switch. For all intents and purposes, this bit, the, this, 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 the nose, rather than ending here and leaving a big gap uh, here for the flangeway, this thing slides back and forth. It slides back and forth uh, this way or this way, uh, depending on which direction the train's going. It's interlocked into the S&C, and uh, as you can see, it the this thing the 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 crossing blade weirdly uh, nestles in here and provides a nice continuous running edge. Getting rid of the bang, getting rid of that impact force, and reducing the dynamic forces through the through the crossing. Um, anyway, it can it goes either way. It nestles in the other side if it wants to as well. Um, this one is not a, this 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 one is um, X high speed one. In fact, I think this might be a photograph of the precise unit. Uh, you can see uh, here's the the S and C. This is a this is a, a J switch actually because it's a 125 mile an hour. Uh, actually, it's a 100 mile an hour crossover, but it's it's still a, I think it's still a J switch. Oh, this tiny thing up here, this tiny thing up here is the swing nose crossing. This is of the switch end. We jump down to the other other end. So there's there's a view of the switch toes. It's not so relevant. Here is the here is that crossing in action. Here you can see it, and you can see here that it's nestled in one side, and there's a nice consistent smooth, continuous running edge, getting rid of that hammer effect. Nice smooth. Beautiful. The solution is this. If we want, particularly for for Colton Junction, it might be that we actually need to fit switch diamonds to to get rid of that impact force. So this is the um, this is the uh, this is the long term this is the long term uh, solution. Uh, yeah, Ledburn Junction did have swingers crossings uh, in the early two thousands, but they were RT, they were rail track swingers crossings, and there was a lug on the swingers crossing that operated the that that did the mechanical operation and the the detection, the signaling detection, and that lug was a single point of failure that kept breaking. Uh, so we don't have any RT60 swing nose crossings. In fact, we don't have any swing nose crossings in operation on the on network rail infrastructure that isn't network rail owned high speed one now because network rail, well, they don't own it, but they are the network rail are the maintainers of high speed one. They should also own it. Sorry, high speed one, uh, Diane, I'd, I'd like to nick your railway off you and put it back into the ownership of network, uh, back to network rail. Anyway, that's another story. And also, it would stop you charging horrendous, exorbitant track access charges. That means that no one wants to use the Channel Tunnel. Anyway, um, that's another discussion for another day. 
swingless crossings, that would be a solution. So they're not on network rail infrastructure now. Um, there were. Weird enough, there are quite a few RT60 swingless crossings in operation, unless they've been replaced, on the Northeast Corridor in the US because rail track exported them. Late BR and rail track exported them over there. How strange. Uh, so there we go. Not sure I've got the angle, the direction of attack and travel, travel the train right. So, so this, in this situation, the train would be going this way uh, and through here. So the train would be going along this track like that. Yeah. Um, and then this thing would go mm, the other way, mm, and then the train would go this this way through this track, or or vice versa. You know, it's, it can go the other way too. Oh, why did that fade? None of my slides ever have fades. That was weird. Anyway, um. Oh, it's because I borrowed those slides from another slide deck. That'll be why. Anyway, Colton Junction. Beautiful Colton Junction. Uh, hopefully you've been repaired and are in happy condition once more. Uh, <laughs> we we wish not to fail you again. Anyway, um, there we go. Well, that's it. The, the crossings. Why do crossings fail? Uh, what can we do about it? I, I hopefully I've answered your questions. Uh, it's 1953, which means I'm going to get rid of my face and uh, say audio-only listeners. Um, it's been a pleasure having you along for the ride. Sorry about the weird start, but hopefully that was reasonably informative. Again, it's probably quite a visual medium, that one, but uh, you can come back and look at the slides later. Shout out to everyone listening in audio mode. Please do leave a review on Spotify or Google Podcasts or uh, Audible or uh, Apple Podcasts because all the reviews you leave are... Uh, I read them. I try to. And also, uh, which is useful. I, I learn from them. And also, um, it's, uh, it's it, it helps other people discover it. You know, our little lowly little podcast. It's nice to, nice to have your 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 support uh, so leave a like subscribe on the youtube and do the same on whatever podcasting platform you might listen to anywho um patreon.com slash gaff dennis for to support me and also to get access to the desktop background that someone just requested as well apparently um i will answer questions momentarily don't worry uh, gaff dennis okay slash merch for this teespring merchandise of which there is plenty including this very oh my goodness this this mug here let's just go big face look at this mug here oh look at that Look at that lovely, lovely Amphitros mug there with the Amphitros crest. Oh, glorious. I'm very pleased about that. Anyway, see, this mug is... Uh, is uh, uh, focus, focus, focus. Sanctioned by the Ministry of Information and Communication of the Amphitros Social Republic. Very, pl very pleased with that mug. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm a nerd. Um, uh, Discord uh, is at garethdennis.uk slash Discord, where this chat continues forever. Uh, PayPal.me slash garethdennis for loose change and abuse. I've not looked at the PayPal for a while. I'd go in there because you occasionally drop me a... Basically, you um, wrap a post-it around a pound coin and chuck it through my chuck it through my glass... Uh, chuck it through into my into my tomatoes in my, in my greenhouse. And I read those messages and uh, and weep. Uh, no, thanks for all of your support. Honestly, uh, it's, 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 it means a huge amount to me. Next week, next week, what are we doing next week? Next week uh, is episode 168, it is the news episode that I promised for this week. Um, uh, we'll cover all sorts of bits and pieces. Uh, we'll start, with, we'll, we'll talk a bit about Tesla, but also we'll talk about uh, a few other things as well. There's, there's, there's quite a bit of news going on, the, the usual managed decline. We'll try not to go through too much of that, but it's always hard to, yeah. Uh, uh. Anyway, um, let's go big, let's briefly go big face while we... Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's briefly go big face. So, well, let's have a look. So, Michael C. Uh, will this type of crossing be used on HS2? Absolutely, it will be. I know for a fact it will be. Uh, Gareth asks, what's the... Not me, by the way. There's a couple of Gareths who watch the show. Uh, this particular one is, uh, is, a, is, a, is a big fan. Uh, 
Gareth, love, I hope you're well, by the way. Uh, what's the gradient on that track? Looks rather steep in that image. Oh, which? Oh, uh, HS1. Yes, it is quite steep. Uh, you're right. Uh, it, you can see what's quite nice in that picture, actually. If I go back to that picture briefly. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, stupid fade. Uh, if I go back to that picture, let's get rid of my face. You can see, oh, let's go a small face, actually. You can see here that the, the, the toe, there's the toes, and there's a nice, on the continuous grade, and you can see the vertical curve. So that it's flat grade up to about here, and then there's a vertical curve. If I draw that in plan, that's kind of going like that, and then there's a there's a there'll be a dumbbell, and then there's an obvious vertical curve that does that, and then there'll be another grade like that, going like that. Uh, yeah, and and you can see if if you kind of we're looking this way, you can sort of see, and and obviously I, I, you want to always position S and C on uh, on a single grade uh, like that. You don't want it to be on the curve for hopefully obvious reasons. Uh, this is this is bad. Anyway, um, yeah, there you go. And uh, what else? What other questions we got? Good question. Uh, yes, uh, Raphael, does that new uh, nose move on its own, or does it move like a switch? Oh no, it moves like a switch. It's it's plumbed into the signaling system, so it's interlocked with everything else. Mike Waldridge, really interesting episode. Uh, it's also made me realise that my Patreon membership appears to have stopped. I need to get that reinstated. Oh, that, that's all right, Mike. Don't worry. Um, my poll. Tim says my poll is up to my interactions. I don't know if it has. I've got seventy viewers on here, whereas normally I have about hundred. So I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Clearly, the people are tired of my. I need to do a less nerdy episode next week because we've done. We've had three quite nerdy episodes in a row now. Um, let's see. Da 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 da. Ba, 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 ba. Um, hoodie. No. Uh, of which he approved greatly of. I'm, thanks, Gareth. That's, I'm very, very glad. Um, yes, Simon is pointing out the steepest part to HS1 are akin to the Licky Incline. They are because high speed rail. It's stupid that we run any freight on high speed rail. Sorry, Simon, but it is. It's a high speed rail line should be a high speed rail line because it's not good for challenges. But also, um, uh, yeah, high speed line because it's running the same trains and they don't stop. They, you can just have high gradients because there's tr fast trains have loads of momentum. Chris Walford, uh, remember to add my name, by the way, so I can spot questions, because I might have missed something here. Chris Walford, you said earlier that the nose isn't designed to be hit. Guide rails, uh, etc. Uh, check rails, rather. Uh, what's the approximate frequency of the nose getting smacked? <laughs> How long's a piece of string? Um, I, I, I can't really answer that, because it depends on a lot of things. But basically, it's all about... The, the, it's a very complex series of kind of overlapping variables, because the... Vehicle, the bogies always hunt, and so it kind of depends on the hunting where in the oscillation that, that that vehicle is as it passes through the crossing as to whether it strikes the nose. But if you think about you know so many thousands axles, you know tens, hundreds of thousands of axles go through an SSC unit, then then a certain number will will hit it or will wallop it in some way. Um, Alex Cousins here for the P Way Nerd episodes. Ah, pleasure. More nerdy, please, says Barry Shepard. Marvelous. Um. Simon's F. Kendall, tell that to Deutsche Bahn, who split the Ford train every week. Well, yeah, indeed. Right, anyway, uh, trains per hour times number of axles of each train. Yes, absolutely. Nerdy equals good for us nerds. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, anyway, I I'm going to drop off because it's 8, 8 p.m. Everyone, um, it's been an absolute pleasure, as always. Uh, that's, someone said something that I've forgotten, which I should have remembered. Anyway, fine. Um, uh, another failure caused poor ballast leading to voiding and additional forces and stresses. Yes, absolutely. The ballast condition, well, that's potentially a contributor to, to uh, what happened at Colton Junction, as we described, you know, the inability to tamp that plane line section around. It's, it's, I'm inclined to believe that'll be what the situation is because it was the, um, because it was the switch diamond rather than the, the, S and, the, the, the switch and crossing. It was, you know, the S and C, it wasn't the, the equal splits. It was the switch diamond, which is more difficult to tamp and maintain the, you know, the support conditions for the ballast underneath. So I'm inclined to say that probably is that, but the, it's the 
scallop, the filleting of that crossing, the, the, the monoblock crossing that results in the, in the crack forming there rather than the loads being distributed or potentially the crossing surviving for longer. So, um, yeah, and surviving until the next tamping cycle, the next maintenance cycle. So, yeah. Oh, anyway, lots and lots and lots of things, uh, lots of other discussions going on, discussions about... Uh, you can at me in the Discord if you want to, by the way, if there are questions that you missed. Anyway, right. Everyone, I'll see you, uh, I'll see you next week for a news episode. In the meantime... Cheerio! Cheerio! By the way, this is the last episode that I'll be recording on the Blue Yeti because we have new technology that's needing to be plumbed in. That's right. We have new technology needing to be plumbed in. And uh, that also includes, that's right, you're getting a little post credit scene here. Uh, it also includes uh, this thing, which has you know sliders, which will allow me to have a bit more control. And hopefully I'll be able to control the chat independent so I can mute people through the opening credits. And... There's a swear button, so I can mute my, I can beep when people swear, like me, because I find swear beeps almost as funny as swearing. Um, anyway, yeah, there it is. Look, it's the, uh, the the new bit of of sound kit that you can't hear because I'm still the sound still on the it's still it's still on the Yeti. Anyway.